Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 259 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Commander Pierre, because my bladder is empty, otherwise known as Commander Phoenix to Fire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we do have our Chief Head of Health and Safety, that would be Ben Moss Woodwood, otherwise known as Commander Adler Vice. Hold on, I'm just trying not to enter Blaze Rear End. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Sovereign. What up? And of course, we have our Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psychokow Wolcott, who's also helping out with the tech today. Ooh, spat on the floor! It's disgusting. That's not spit. Well, it was one of you. Yes, blame Captain Innuendo every single time. If you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game, are we? Somewhere? Yep. Cow, I, I saw a cow, so he's not... An, oh, stop, stop giving me fines. Cow and I are both in Lave. Oh, you're outside Lave Station. Uh, I'm inside Lave Station at the moment, but I'm getting fines from the place. Um, is that because you... You just cannot dock. No, it's because I stopped blocking to talk to you. Oh, okay. Uh, and <laughs> I can't multitask. I'm a man, for God's sakes. Well, um, so there you are. We have Ben and um, Commander Psychocal flying around Lee's station. If you can't get in game, you can also join in, in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat and at twitch.tv slash laveradio. So... Um, we'll quickly go around uh, the crew and see what they've been up to for the last week or so. So this week we'll start with Commander Sovereign. Hi. Um, nothing. Nothing. Um, my week has been an endless chasm of loneliness and boredom. Uh, today I spent several hours converting uh, 40,000 words into um, audio scripts. Um, which was intensely boring. Um, and, uh, and apart from that, I've been watching things on Netflix and hanging out in my flat, really, um, just working away. So intensely boring stuff, I'm afraid. More boring than Hutton Orbital? <laughs> no, no, not quite that boring. Very right. veritable pinata of excitement in comparison to the flight to Hamburg. Can, can we just do a, a, wee, a wee quick, just a, just a correction there? Uh, what, what you mean by as boring as Hutton Orbital is as boring as the flight to Hutton Orbital? That is what I imply because okay. Hutton Orbital itself is a bit of a happening place, and if you want adventure, there's always Cubicle Three. <laughs> So, after that clarification, um, Commander Psychoka, how have you been? I have been as sick as a dog for the last two weeks. Um, finally coming out of it, which is great, um, but I still, you know, it's one of those ones where you think, I felt better, I feel better, and then I went and took the bins out, and then I came back in, and at that point I was not, I, I'm, I'm absolutely dying, I can't do any more, this is killing me, um, and it was just a horrible, horrible cold. Um, fortunately, you know, it, it's passed fairly quick enough, but it was the, the, the what cat 
kept catching me out was I would go to do stuff and then I would finish doing a small task and then just feel that I had nothing left in the tank. I could barely stand up. I had to go and sit down for 10 minutes. Uh, I didn't even get a chance to sort of work on my kerbals until this week, this weekend. Um, so yeah, two weeks of just... Uh, but today was fun. Um, today uh, we were going to make a lovely coffee in the kitchen. And Simon came up and he turned on the coffee machine and the doorbell went ding. And he went, I think that was your doorbell. So I went to the front door and there was nobody there. Came back and his coffee machine had turned off. So he turned it back on. Wouldn't come back on. It was okay. So I must have tripped a fuse or something. Went to the fuse box. Everything's on. Back to the kitchen. None of the sockets work. Back to the fuse box. Everything's on. Turn it off. Turn it on. Try different combinations. Absolutely getting nowhere. Um, so no reason for it. Got the electrician out. And yeah, when he opened up, we had ooh, melted wires from uh, a loose connection at that particular fuse. And... Um, yeah, that was fun. He fixed it really, really quite quickly. I actually have to. Couldn't have been one. I phoned him and he says, "Yeah, I could probably get out in half an hour. If that's all right." Uh, yeah, <laughs> and he had it fixed. I was saying that I've not had the bill yet, so <laughs> I'll reserve judgment. But um, I was very, very impressed by him and his attitude, and uh, it means that all was good for tonight. Because yeah, it was looking a bit ropey, and the damage to that fuse. Uh, the little switch in the 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 the, the uh, fuse box had burnt through to the next two either side of it. Well, that's some serious um, burnage there, isn't it? Yeah. So he just said, "Well, what, what, all it is is that there was a, a a very loose connection at the back there," and then he says, "That's enough." So he fixed it, tightened the rest, and I'm getting a wee um, service to the meter box. Um, or well, the consumer unit, isn't it? They're getting a, a service to that next week at some point and they'll check it all out and make sure everything's hunky-dory and all good and awesome. So other Excellent. than that, um, other news is hopefully uh, my son Dylan is going to come and work for us for uh, a while and help us finish the bathroom in a matter of months rather than years. Um, <laughs> still no progress. Um, Simon is up and down. Um Sometimes he feels good, but uh, the actual core of his guts has not given him a moment's rest at all. So um, I think he's got more more film crew to go up his arse in the near future. Um, yeah, so there's lots of lots of stuff like that. I'm really enjoying Carables though. Um, bizarrely. Well, is that because you're not? killing them or because oh, you are killing them I'm still doing that, I'll launch a rocket into orbit, it's, everything's great, I've then got to do a wee course past the moon, that's no problems, I can do that, and then I get halfway through this and then realise that I've left all the passengers on the ground so you're ah, for <laughs> fuck's sake so I'm still hopeless uh, in, in most respects but I'm quite enjoying getting it to do things that I want it to do and working it out, whereas beforehand I really did feel like I was just banging my head against a brick wall and that everyone that could play it had some cheat code. Hello, Karashi! Karashi just popped in. Hello! How are you? Greetings! Um, so, yes, I've enjoyed the Kerbals. I'm looking forward to Kerbals too. And I also jumped in to my um, Elite game. 
and mm-hmm. I decided I was going to get prepared for the Hutton Truckers 80 Days Around the Verse um, oh, event. Yes, that. It's not going to take 80 days, that's the whole point. The point is it's meant to be set, so 80 Days Around the World is a great catchy title. We've obviously got a wonderful theme tune uh, made for it, which is epic, and it you could do two points a night and do it in 40 days. You could do three points a night or you could do five, ten points at a weekend and you'll do it in you know in a lot less time. It's it's amazing how well Entire Fusion and Simmons have got the Hutton Helper tracking your jumps and doing your times for the leg. Um, it's fascinating, so I'm really looking forward to that event and getting involved. Excellent. That, that is actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to following that just for the comedy value. Oh God, it's going to be it's going to be chaotic. But it meant that what I did was I took my engineer drive out of my Type Nine and I have put it into my uh, Dora the Scanaconda, um, <laughs> which is yeah the current ship that I'm in, um, and it's uh, it's got a what was my jump range? Let's just go and see if I can find it again. Um, where is it again? Status, isn't it? Can you give us a quick tease of the theme tune, Cow? Yeah, I had, I did that, play is it. Is that possible? Yeah, I played it at the beginning. Um, what's on this one? Oh, we could play out on it. I was more thinking because we were keeping it relevant, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and, jo- and John was asking if Grant wrote the theme tune and sang the theme tune. Uh, yeah, as, as always, yes. Um, let, let's <laughs> let's oh, for fart's sake you know that way I, I programmed it into onto the stream deck can I figure out where on the stream deck I put the bloody button I played it earlier on for goodness sake it's there yeah. It's, yeah. it's right there I know so instead of doing that we'll do it this way I've got countless and versions this is of this technical well. expert oh, <laughs> oh, sometimes you're better off just double clicking so it sounds like this crash Says now the boots is set, and he knows you'll all be racing for the best time. But the reward you want to get, now your appetite is wet, take to the skies. Just jump in, you're on tag nine, or maybe a big explorer. Or if you're feeling rather fresh, that engineered diamondback you love so much. Hey, now we you really did have to ask for this crash. You've only got yourself to blame. Up, hey, hey, it around goes around the verse. We'll take a lot of jumps. <laughs> the waypoints will drive you batty time. We'll get the fastest time and get back first to claim the final prize and glory. <laughs> hey, Around the verse, don't think it could get worse. Well, anybody ship make it back, jump, scoop all around the verse, scoop, jump around the verse, waypoints, scoop all around the verse, stay awake all around the verse. Yeah, so you can imagine yeah. how little effort went yeah. into that. It does sound like a 70s sitcom theme, doesn't it? Well, you see, I really wanted to get that kind of original feel to it, and I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. Um, 
Oh, it's certainly original. <laughs> Cross between The Good Life and George and Mildred, I think. Oh, actually, I saw a new sitcom today. It only got as far as the pilot from the, I think it was the 60s. It was um, Heil Honey, I'm Home. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> it was it was literally a sitcom about Hitler and his wife living next door to a Jewish family. How could that go wrong? <laughs> oh, what it's could available. Go wrong it's available on YouTube. It is meant to be a satirical kind of send up of it, and not meant to be anti-Semitic. Uh, however, that is the reason cited behind why it never saw the light of day. Um, yeah, I just think oh, they, they missed they missed an opportunity and made a right big mistake that everybody in the entire world can see, even just by them saying what they're calling it. <laughs> no, just I'd not. love to be in a pitch reading for that. With the, you know. <laughs> well, it reminds me of Monty Python when they, you know, the BBC were looking and said their second season. They're like going, "You can't say that. You can't do that on air." Well, we did it in the first season, lots. <laughs> they're like, "Oh no, oh dear." Okay, cat's out the bag. <clears throat> anyway, so that's my week. So, yeah. So, for more quality entertainment such as that lovely theme tune, please tune in to our sister station, the Hutton Orbital Truckers, on a Thursday at about eight thirty. And if anybody is complaining about uh, bleeding ears, we take no responsibility for that whatsoever. You were warned. Um, <laughs> Commander Shan. Um, see, in-game, I've been filling my cutter up with painite and other mining stuff. Um, out of game, um, it's all quite a thought-provoking BBC News article um, about how tickets are now on sale for Virgin Galactic. Uh, for two hundred thousand pounds, and and Ooh. there was a and, and there was a moment when I thought, "Ooh, if I sold my house and we became homeless, I could afford one of those." Um, so I was like, I broached the subject to Mister Shan about selling the house and becoming homeless um, for the sake of it, a space ticket, and um, her reaction was typical, Mister Shan, and she said, "Well, why would you want to go to space?" And I go, well, it's space, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. And she goes, no, it's not. Space is boring, it's just black with dots. And that was the end of the conversation. So there we are, space is boring, it's black <laughs> with dots. <laughs> and you spent how much time in this game? That's what I said. She said, well, that's why I don't like Elite, because it's just black with dots. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should, uh, I think that ought to be a, a forum thread. This game's boring. It's just black with dots. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the subject of, of this game is boring, um, we have to point out one of the forum uh, threads. Old Duck, one of the uh, commanders uh, who plays on the PS4, he has been complaining about the, the quality of the graphics on the PS4 for quite a while. Um, you might know that he's quite famous for his phrase, uh, elephant butt leather. Um, however, he's recently um, see, joined the PC Master Race, as they say, and um, so far he cannot gush enough. It is it's like someone's gone full, full conversion therapy. <laughs> <sighs> he has so, all the zeal of the convert, doesn't he? Yes. 
I mean, it, it's scary how fanatical some people can get sometimes. He says, hosting a show <laughs> about this, <laughs> about the blind game. Uh, ben, how have you been? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm, bro- I'm doing microphone things now. So, in gamey stuff, I've been doing pew pew uh, over a. In the arse of nowhere, basically, just doing some some war zones, getting my NPC crewmen's ranking up a bit, trying to get them leveled up after I accidentally got them killed the other week. Um, so that's that's been that. Uh, I've been playing more Grand Theft Auto Three, more Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, out of gaming stuff, I've been watching. I watched it, Chapter Two, which I really like. I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed. I watched it chapter one the night before as well, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure I was sort of fully up to date with where they were. And I read the book within the past few months because um, that's that's the thing I always find I get so confused with what's in the book, what's on what's on this version of the show, what's on that version of the show, what's in the movie. And they're just like, did I see this? Did they do that? And it's just, you know, trying to keep all the different versions of the story in line. Um, I think it's probably one of my favourite books. It is a very good book. I, I do I, like it. Top five, probably. I just love it. Just totally love it. Um, it's got some very weird things in it. The the chapter two film has some. It's got a lovely cameo by Stephen King in it. Um, it's got some, so this is non-spoilery stuff. It's very self-referential. With Stephen King was obviously heavily involved in it, and he's basically slagging off Bill. Well, the script is slagging off Bill Denbro, who's the right, the author character, who is basically Stephen King for always having shit endings. <laughs> uh, so there's, a, you know, they're always like, are my endings really that bad? It's like, yes, they really, really are. <laughs> uh, so that, that that was a nice bit of self-referential stuff. But there's there's just weird... There's things that I found weird that they've changed from the book that they haven't changed from the book that I just don't see why they did that. Um, but without going into spoilers, I don't want to go into that. Uh, but I did enjoy the film. Um, and the things they've changed, some of it I like, some of it I think, why did you do that? I always think it was a weird decision to make it a musical. <laughs> I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to spoil it for people, but I, I just I, I did think that was a bit of a weird decision. Everything's better as a musical. Yeah, fair. Um, and I've also been watching uh, Dark Crystal, which I'm enjoying no end. Um, Can we have a Dark Crystal episode? So I have so much to say about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure if you if you contact. Um, uh, Doctor Stroud. I think this is this is his area of expertise, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, Colin, but I was thinking if only there were a magazine about I don't know parallel worlds or something like that. <laughs> yeah, where we could I, 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 talk about fiction and magazines and films, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a market for it. <laughs> no, I mean, just imagine if they had their own separate podcast where they could discuss <laughs> such a matter. <laughs> that would just be crazy talk. Oh, I know. I know. It's too much to ask. Ah, uh, sounds like a shit idea. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cow, what is it? Can I, can I just make a, a controversial point? 
<laughs> Come Again, on. Dark Crystal's crap. You... Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to see people doing a fake running bob and two bits of bloody emotionless plastic up and down. It's like watching Fraggle Rock all over again, except with worse Fraggle Rock puppets. was awesome! You take that back, you bastard! I'm saying Fraggle Rock was Don't good. Don't you slag Fraggle I'm Rock never, never slag Fraggle Rock. No, never in any world would Don't, I. No, 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 yes. Cal, you should have said it was. it's more like a fuzzy version of Punch and Judy than that. <laughs> Punch and Judy's got jokes! This thing was like, just oh, ten minutes... Ten minutes before I went, you know what? I'm going to go and watch Carnival Row, even though the first episode bored me senseless. Well, we shall point out at this point that if you do want to traumatise a certain second tech, <laughs> a certain Commander Fozzer, <laughs> show him anything from the Dark Crystal and he will start yeah. breaking out in sweats. It's, it's, it's most amusing. It is. And doozers do rock. You're damn right, Paul Archer. <laughs> well, leaving that aside, because no doubt we'll be coming back to fabric people and, and stuff later. Um, just quickly, uh, let's see. I've given up on my main character. Um, I've just decided to park Is that because you can't get to get to the centre of the galaxy? Uh, no, I just got bored. So mm. I thought, oh, right, fine. I'll, I'll start right at the very beginning with uh, an alt, which I was going to um, play around with power play in. I was going to really be a masochist, but I haven't got there yet. And I must admit, starting from scratch, going through the new newbie area, I've been quite enjoying it. You realise you're going to have to start again, because they've got a whole lot of new stuff in the newbie area. From what oh. they showed at Lave Ready, all the, uh, sorry, Lave on, all the fully voiced stuff. I yeah, wasn't so asked, but you've not done it, and yeah. Well, we don't know. We haven't. Well, we'll find out on Thursday because they're doing a live stream on Thursday, going over some but it of was the stuff. They coming. said was going to be in the release, didn't they? Yeah, All the fully voiced stuff. But so the thing I, so, so can I, I just blow you finish? up? At the, I want to blow you up at the center of the galaxy and send you back home, and I can blow you up in your, your account, and then you can uh, Iron Man it and delete it and start again. So you're happy because your main account is back in the bubble. And you can start again, and I'm happy because I got to blow you up twice. <laughs> that made no sense whatsoever. But no, I'm not going to let you blow my main account up, Shan. You're quite welcome to blow the alt up or try to. You're quite. That's what it's there for. That 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 um, account is there for me to do naughty things to uh, uh, that will get me notoriety and to play power play. And I don't really care whether the commander gets blown up or not. So basically, I might as well just paint a big target on its back. So if you see a commander C. Hutchison flying about the place, feel free. <laughs> or would it be in private group like Ben's was? No, I am going to make sure that I am. That character will always fly in open. So, um, mind you, <laughs> I doubt if I'm important enough for anybody to have a go at anyway. So, um, yeah. But as I said, I've, I've been really enjoying the um, the process of getting this this newbie character all the way from a sidewind. I've got him up to a, uh, I've got her rather up to a, uh, a cobra at the moment, and for some reason, it's really good just building up the ship slowly. I mean, I haven't gone mental because I know that you can get a uh, an anaconda within about what, five ten hours these days. 
but I've decided to play it old school, and I must admit, I much prefer the the older approach. So that's what I've been doing. Um, in real life, I have now officially managed 105 miles in the last week. So on my on my push bike, and have I lost any weight? Have I sod all? So <laughs> I would have thought. I would have thought I would have lost something by now, but no. Yeah, but you're not supposed to stop off at McDonald's on the way home. Oh, yes. Okay, that's that's the downside, is it? <laughs> Those McDonald's milkshakes do add up. But, but, but you know, look what you have lost. Motivation and um, <laughs> <laughs> the will to live. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so... Let's go over what has been happening in the last week or so with the development news. Well, um, I think we'll, sh- we'll go back to uh, the subject of Muppets, because we had a rather unique um, uh, unique live stream this week. We had Jack Little and um, Little Willie appearing on a live stream, Little Willie being a genuine real boy, who saw this bizarre fabric related stuff free little willy yeah you were doing that joke all the way through (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't funny then (laughs) i can imagine just then repeatedly making that comment hoping somebody would notice (laughs) yeah for those of you who are are unaware of this jack little is a muppet um he's a real boy no that's little willy jack and Jack Hunter's like, a Muppet is a real boy too. Like a Jim yes. Henson Muppet. Yes. And and he yes, funny enough that. And um he's he's actually live streams Elite Dangerous while puppeting. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's fantastic. In fact, I think actually he's streaming at this at this moment in time. Do we have a link? Because I'm I am bang out of here. I'm gonna go and watch him. Bye Sureen. Thanks for the loyalty. Yeah, exactly. It, he is. He's streaming right at this moment. I don't, I don't well, know why we he had... has to leave. He's surrounded by Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but which Muppet are you? That's the problem. Oddly, uh, isn't he? Uh, well, given the fact that I need a wee probably beaker. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to think I'm one of the old grumps who's up in the uh, up in the corner. I'll be the count. Statler or Waldorf. Yeah, that's one of them. Well, that's you and me, Shan, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so would Ben would that make Bon uh, Ben Gonzo then? Ben wishes he could be Gonzo. <laughs> Surely <laughs> with I you wish know, Ben it's Ben's bloody calibre in his comedy, he would be uh, <laughs> Oh no, he couldn't be Fozzie Bear, could he? It could be, but then yeah, it's a bit we've close got to Fozzie. <laughs> Mm. So would that make uh, would that make uh, Doctor Stroud the the eagle guy? Sam, <laughs> actually, oh god, we've just got into yes. a game of name a muppet. Who knows any muppets? <laughs> I know. I just know. I named the one I knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could right. be Skeeter, who would obviously be the running around behind the show, getting organised. But he's definitely not Miss Piggy. We'd probably give that to John Stabler. Um, <laughs> Just because it's a farmyard animal and he's from Wales. Um, so, let's <laughs> throw that in. Um, That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> so, what is this? Muppets by proxy or something? 
<laughs> oh God, let's not go back. No, stay away. Stay away. My brother was in my house all of ten minutes last week and he's managed to add the world according to Jeff Goldblum to my blooming Plex library. <laughs> well, we shall see that the Muppets are certainly a phenomenon. Do, 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 do. I knew you did that. <laughs> There's one called the Swedish Chef. There's one called Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. Oh, I'm learning so many things. Hang on yeah. a second. So you don't even know who the Muppets are? Uh, not all of them. Oh, my God. You, I mean, there's, there's amazing scenes, like when they relaunched the Muppets and they did, was it Muppets Tonight? You had uh, the amazing, when they did the uh, uh, Bergerac scene with um, Bruno the bear and Rizzo talking him through uh, how to chat up Cindy Crawford. Uh, and he's going on, um, and then like Rizzo's sitting in his wee house and his two kids, his two kids come in and he goes, hey kids, those are nice balloons, can I play with them? And uh, it cuts to Bruno Bear getting knocked by, through a wall by a very angry and insulted Cindy Crawford. It was genius. Um, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a huge uh, Muppet fan. You yes. can tell it's a slow week for game news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could tell that both uh, Jack Little and Little Willie, so to speak, um, they did seem to be uh, quite close together, or maybe that could have been the Velcro, but it, there did seem to be a certain chemistry between them. It was a bit worrying. Hey, we could do our own version of well, Pigs in Space. they are related, aren't they? Well, yes, they do have the same father, don't they? They do. I mean, Ben, if you wanted to, we could do our own sort of YouTube channel and just, you know, Dicks in Space! <laughs> I'd pay to that see it. That actually reminds me of a, of a link that Wotherspoon sent me. Well, Apparently, a, a female researcher was carrying out artificial intelligence testing to get Twitter to recognise penises. Oh, yeah, it was inviting dick pics, wasn't it? Yes. I sent so many pictures of you. Which raises the question of why did you save the ones I sent you? <laughs> in case if any listeners are wondering, none of this is on the show notes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even started yet. Yeah, think. <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about Muppets and look where it got us oh, We haven't talked about Elite Dangerous at all Well, we started to talk the, the about The Jack Russell Muppet thing is Elite Dangerous Yeah, fair, sort of. yeah, yeah. Yes, we're, we're on the um, We're on the uh, Thomas the Tank Engine uh, Tangent branch line at the moment yeah. So I mean, okay, Right, I know you saw it Colin I don't know if anybody else saw it but I I don't want to sound critical of Will here, but I got the feeling that Will hadn't actually seen that many of Jack Little's streams because he kept calling Jack Little a Muppet or a puppet. And uh -huh. anyone who's seen his streams knows that he's not a puppet. He's a real boy. Perhaps it was a term of endearment. I think it was ignorance. I really do. And I'm tr I don't want to be negative and nasty, but I... 
Yeah. It's like everyone knows this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of things. bad research that gives live streams a, a bad name. We'd never do anything yeah. like that. We right, who's read kind of this thing. week's newsletter? <laughs> 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 I didn't even get this week's fracking newsletter. Can, can I just make the observation? It did seem that Will enjoyed um, enjoyed being oh, he, with his yes. hand somewhere unmentionable, uh, little Willie, for uh, for for most of the live stream. Can we rephrase that? Glee in his voice. Please, because I do not want this episode. Willie, to, we do not want this episode to be called "Hands Up, Little Willie." <laughs> can you please? <laughs> Right, that's the show name. Rephrase it just a little bit, Colin. Just a little bit. <laughs> Too late. It's out. Hands up, little Willie's Muppet. <laughs> Hands up, little Willie's Muppet. Okay. We, 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 we're, we're getting promotions, are we? Hands up, little Willie's Muppet. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but it was actually it was a really enjoyable stream. It I liked when they it was nice when they brought um, Wendy on to do the one-handed flying and stuff. Because uh, obviously, one of the things that so few people remember about um, Jack Little is the stream. He's actually you know, in real life. Obviously, he's he's flying and playing the game one-handed. With a whole load of setup and uh, head tracking and things like that, because obviously he's got his he's got his left hand I'm, I'm assuming set up to control Jack Little. Well, what do you mean? You keep on claiming that Jack Little's a real person, so he's able to fly with both his both his fabricy hands. No, we're, we're leaving. We're, we're breaking the fourth wall there. Right. Yes, but, but yeah, I, we would recommend it just just for the it's sheer. It's a good stream. What the flying fudge is it? The <laughs> flying what the flying fudge factor? Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! But that wasn't the only stream this uh, uh, this week that uh, there was a little bit of notes about. We had the community manager stream as well. Um, there. Didn't seem to be much in Elite Dangerous about that, mostly just reiterating that uh, watch out for the next couple of weeks because an update's coming. Uh, anybody else see anything in there? No, because they broadcast it on 3 o'clock on a Thursday, the Pillocks. Sorry, the Muppets. And 3 o'clock on Thursdays, I'm working. The Muppets. Was it specifically an Elite update that they, that they said was coming? Frontier yes. love teasing up, teasing teasers, don't they? They love saying, in in an indeterminate amount of time, we will tell you a new thing, or we'll tell you that we'll tell you a new thing. Yeah, well, this week we've got, um, this Thursday, we've got this live stream happening, which will go over what's coming in the next uh, update, which will happen a week afterwards. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but you must admit, they do like their announcements about announcements and teasers. Yeah, I, <laughs> the um, the the two, the one year anniversary of Zach's it's very exciting post was last month. <laughs> Jeez, what the one where it's very exciting that we just approved something, but we're yeah. not going to tell you a single thing about it until basically another 
nine months down the line. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting anything this year, but something terribly exciting is happening. Um, we've just started not making it in a certain way to, to not making it in a different way. Um, and we'll tell you more about it when the time comes. And it, um, it's been up for a year now. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, no wonder we get these these trolls on the forums just constantly um, necrotizing sort of threads, threads that have been dead for, for almost a year. And all of a sudden you'll see it highlighted again on the forums. You think, well, they're bringing back the Icarus Cup. And you go, oh, no, it's just someone saying, what happened to this then? <laughs> I don't blame them. Like this, um, I, I don't really understand it when people have a go at people on the forum for bringing up something which hasn't had a response in the past. I mean, the, there, there have been many occasions, and it's probably not just Frontier and Elite. It's probably widespread um, in lots of different spheres. But if if an organisation says we are going to do this, and then they go dark on it, I don't think. I don't think periodically saying, hey, what about that thing you said you were going to do is, is particularly bad form. I mean, why the hell not? Like, sure, surely, it's, surely it's the onus is on the people who said they were going to do a thing to, to, to announce that the plan's changed if they, if, they, if they want those sort of things to stop. Well, the, the, the reason I have a problem with this particular thing is because it's the same people who always raise it, even though they've constantly told us actually no... We're not going to. The frontier have turned around and said, "No, the Icarus Cup's not going to happen. We don't have time or resources to actually do it." Uh, oh, so they have had an answer on. Oh yeah, they've had an answer on it. They had an answer on it. I think on regularly for the last uh, every three months. For, but they always, uh, nec- as I say, necrotize the the forum thread and bring it back up when you sort of think, surely close that forum thread. Just a suggestion. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Anyway, moving on from that, or or moving on to the forums yet again, we have had a um, another meet the team uh, uh, forum post. Uh, this time for K Ross. Now, uh, I found this one quite interesting. K Ross is a lead render programmer uh, at uh, Elite Dangerous, and um, her, mo- her her role is. Uh, Managing the code side of the visual systems in Elite Dangerous, taking the gorgeous resources, models, and visual effects, coloring them, lighting them, and then displaying them on your screen. So basically, she's basically in charge of making everything look incredibly pretty. I thought she did the Stella Forge as well. Um, yes, but I was on about what her, her current role is. Ah, right, okay. Yes, but uh, yeah, in the beginning, she says she was a full programmer, uh, developed the core tech for Elite Dangerous, uh, including work on the Stellar Forge itself. So she worked on that apparently for a couple of years before moving on to the more graphical side of the game. I mean, how much effort had to go into the Stellar Forge, I wonder? Mm. One thing that is nice about Frontier is that people tend to stay there quite a long time. Like it's, it's, it's been in the time... I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about Frontier before Elite Dangerous, but it's, it's really nice seeing... Um, the same names that I remember from live streams and videos five years ago, now in completely different jobs, and um, and like you know you've sort of you know whose careers have developed and now they're, they're on different things and and often but but actually most most of them on the same game, which is quite nice. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, Michael Brooks has has been on record saying that this game has been in development on and off for quite a while, and um, <laughs> there's a suspicion that um, some of the programmers' uh, sibling, um, 
children will probably start working on it if they if they come into the company. <laughs> Yeah. So um, yeah. So we'll put a, a link to the developer profile uh, on the forums within the show notes. Um, the other thing that came out this week was the annual report for um, Elite Dangerous. Uh, I haven't gone into too much detail with this. Um, Sean, are you the expert? Well, I wouldn't say the expert. It wasn't the hugely in-depth report that we we typically get, but it did contain some interesting. Um, in that, let me just get my figures up. Yeah, basically, the um, Frontier had a bumper year, um, a record-breaking for them. It says their revenue was up 160%, and their profit was up by 600%. Um, for, for Elite, that has now jumped to 3 million units sold. Um, no, that's, that's base units, isn't it? Not not horizons they've sold more than three million they've sold they'd sold four million about two years ago no that that was including horizons right so it's just the base that, that makes no sense well the interesting thing that i i thought was i would want to see the breakdown of that because how many copies have they sold when it's on sale at a five or a tenner depending on um, which version you buy, and how much for a full price? Mm, yeah, that would be not, that would be that'd be interesting. Um, the the profit being so big, could that potentially be because the R and D for um, or the development even for um, JWE fell into last financial year, not this one? I and think so. Yeah, it was it was JWE that really made the um, the difference this year. In fact, the annual report does say um, don't expect it to be as yeah, doesn't don't expect it to be six hundred percent next year because yeah, yeah. JWE was was the um, golden calf was the killer app. But they are developing another IP of their own, aren't they? Which I'm pretty. Uh, oh, what about. Planet Zoo? I think that's on the fifth of November. Oh, is that? Do we already know that that's the? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I thought. Um, uh, I thought the new IP they're, they're developing was separate from Planet Zoo. It might well be, but the one we know about this year is Planet Zoo. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be amazed if that was. Um, I mean, that that I wouldn't have thought they're planning for that to be as successful as JWE, though, simply because it doesn't have the. Um... No, and that's what the annual report says. It says basically, you know, the analyst expectations for Planet Zoo are less than what they were for Jurassic World, simply because Jurassic World IP is such well, a big. It's, it's a big draw, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah, my my son plays that on the Xbox. He's, he's I can, I'd tell you the truth, I prefer him to play that than the latest version of FIFA or or uh, or Battlefront Two. So you know, I didn't know you could play management games on consoles. Yeah, well, he's, he's certainly playing this one okay, and it, it oh. does seem to um, they've certainly put a lot of effort into using an Xbox controller with it. And it seems to be fine. Yeah, wacky. There you go. So basically, you've learned two things today, Silverine. So right, I learned all these things. I learned so many learned things about from you guys. Management. <laughs> See, the young one is learning, young Padawan. There you go. <laughs> I swear I learn something new every every episode. Well, on the subject of stuff that's new, this one's new on me because I didn't think that you could do this kind of stuff. Um, 
We have had the largest heist in galactic history taking place in the game itself. Um, apparently, uh, the code has managed to steal hundreds and hundreds of void opals from the East India Trading Company. These are two factions within the game, player factions. Uh, and um, the way they've done it is very Eve-like. Uh, the way this works is the East India Company, uh, or trading company rather, uh, normally help people out by uh, holding on to uh, commodities that they need and will sell you them or, or give them to you depending on their uh, on uh, how generous they're feeling. And um, what's happened is they normally keep their... They have, they have a, an account with a whole load of ships in it which hold the void opal. So they'll have something like a, a T9 under one of their accounts uh, and uh, it will have all the void opals in it. However, it does seem that the code, with nefarious means, uh, managed to befriend, become part of the East India Trading Company uh, and... <laughs> Basically, as soon as they got access to that big T9 with all the void opals, sold it or dumped them all to their mates for them all to scoop up. <laughs> That's so Eve-like. <laughs> uh, so basically, the East India Trading Company are, are basically broke <laughs> at the moment. So don't ask them for void opals. Um, I gather, admittedly, go on. I, I heard that the, um, uh, the reason... Um, well, I, I heard that it involved a bit of um, a bit of logging into each other's accounts and that kind of thing. Yes, Ra yeah. rather than rather than a consistent, you know, rather than the same player sort of ingratiating themselves with the code. Oh, sorry, with um, the EIC. Yeah, what well, I will say that it. I don't know whether. I mean, it, it obviously breaks a whole load of of rules, things like that, because you're not supposed to. Yeah, share accounts or something daft like that. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I think it's I think it's against the Euler, isn't it? Yeah, but all I can say on this is, I actually have to take my hat off to the code for just being that cheeky. <laughs> and I think I think it's it's the same as the heist and stuff in Eve. Mm. Is I always wonder how they actually manage to pull it off because if someone said, "Oh, Chan, by the way, can I borrow your account for five minutes?" I'd be like. <laughs> Off. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, <laughs> can I borrow your anyone with any? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, what could you possibly duh. want to do with it that is not nefarious? <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, it's um. How do the um? How do the EIC feel about it? Well, they have put an official response on to the loss of stock on the forums, uh, which unfortunately I haven't had a chance to look at yet. Both of these responses have been in character um, on the forums. I have, I have been told that. So the code have been very tongue-in-cheek and uh, a, a, a little bit rude, so to speak. Um, ben? Right. Code are not broke. Not code. EAC are not broke. <laughs> um, code are definitely not broke. Code are definitely not broke. Code basically managed to steal some of their own void opals back. This <laughs> um, gets better. So there is, as you say, there is a prepared response from EIC. Um, and if you've not read it, then I can go and read it verbatim, but I really don't want to. And I haven't got it up on screen on in front of me. But Wrap it to us, Ben. I'm not going to do that either. Um, so, 
basically, if you want anything, EIC have it. Uh, they have Void Opals, they have Rare Goods. The percentage of stuff that Code actually took was minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have to admit, I like Code as a rule of thumb, and I am actually quite disappointed in the way they've done this heist. To me, this isn't a heist. This is a... We're using social engineering techniques and pretending to be your friend and then stealing your stuff. But that is a heist. It is. It's, it's a yeah, scam. But, it's called a long it's, con, mate. Yes, <laughs> I but mean, they're using out-of-game out stuff to do it all. I mean, if only um, there was an in-game news service that could report this. <laughs> <laughs> we, all right, screw you. Yes. We, we, we actually we had the conversation, and we decided not to report on it because it involves um, Euler breaking. Mm-hmm. We, 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 it was raised as soon as it happened and we discussed it and we decided not to touch it because, um, because it, it's not if, if, it, if it had involved just one player infiltrating via Discord or something a player group like you know gaining their trust and then, and then running off into the sunset carrying all the swag brilliant but it involved it involved a load of stuff that is basically impossible to talk about in universe and involved players swapping their accounts with each other which is we, you know, what the hell a Sagittarius eye going to write about that? So we decided not to touch it. Ah. Yeah, that's fair enough. But ah. the... If Code had done a what I would call a true heist, i.e. they'd gone off and used social engineering techniques or whatever to trick um, EIC in-game to making a delivery of a shitload of stuff and then stealing it, that would have been awesome. Oh, I see. But, you mean, get, I'll turn up to this place and we'll, we'll trade to you, and then when they turn and, up, it's about t- 20 yeah, code they, vessels, Vicky. Yeah, that, exactly. that would have been, that yeah, would, have been, that would have been brilliant. Yeah, that would have been the better, way they, I think. The way it was done with, the, with obtaining accounts and then holding the account to ransom and things like that, it's, it's, it's not what I would expect from code. Well, we've had. We've got, we've got a code. Yeah, we've got Mac Winston, um, who's who's sent us a couple of messages, and he claims that first of all, well, he's from the uh, East India Trading Company. He he says um, we're not broke. In fact, they've hugely overestimated the value of the heist. So um, it does sound to as as you were saying, Ben. It does sound as if the East India Trading Company are quite solvent, and uh, the code have have hardly made a dent. Yeah, um, I mean it, it's a it's a fly in the it's a it's a drop in the ocean. Um, it's not really. Oh, should I say East India Company without releasing all their facts and figures to us? You know, we've got to give we've got to say that as well. I guess I've not seen their their numbers. The EIC are saying not a lot's been taken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they would do, they wouldn't they? Well, that that's why I've got to give that you know that sort of caveat, you know. Code say we took everything. EIC say yeah, exactly, we didn't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know you got to give that caveat. Yeah. Um, no, and no, EIC no organization be- in the history of the world, after suffering a theft, have, have said we've lost everything. They were really successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that you know, EIC are basically saying they can recover everything within a couple of days of gameplay. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, 
That's that's probably the same for pretty much anything in Elite <laughs> it Dangerous. Probably is, I can't yes. I can't think of a single thing that you can't recoup in a few hours of gameplay these days. I wonder if they'd write a ticket to Frontier Support saying our Type Nine has been blown up. Can we have it back, please? Well, EIC are actually saying, um, where is it? This claim that extra piracy was no such thing at all. Accurate digital theft carry out, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is a clear violation of the terms of services, and we forwarded the pertinent information to Frontier. We uh. trust in their, their process and will accept their resolution regarding the documented account theft. Um, yeah, it and... doesn't it? Although, doesn't the same be true in Eve? Wasn't there a count theft in Eve when Eve, Eve had done it? Because there's a there's kind of a balance here between uh, Frontier being the grumpy people and just banning everything if they actually ban people at all. But anyway, um, <laughs> taking, taking the taking you know the the high handed approach or just enjoying the press coverage that something like that has happened in Elite. I'm quite yeah. sure you could write a little bit of fan fiction which could cover the same method of what's happened, except without you know having to go into details about the EULA. Yeah, I could do. Uh, I mean, one option would be to, to discuss it as like ship keys. So-and-so yeah. Yeah. So-and-so their ship key. I mean, yeah, we, we, we could do it a bit like that. I, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, like slightly wary of trivialising things where somebody's actually... Broken the EULA. Yeah, and and people are complaining to the devs about it and and all that sort of thing. Like, if everybody's laughing and it's great, then then brilliant. And the um and I know that EIC's response was was pretty good hearted, but um yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Like, it it just seemed a bit, it just seemed a bit too gnarly, really. <clears throat> I think one well, thing that's actually you know how you're saying about the breaking of the Euler and things like that, Colin. Mm-hmm. And it does raise the the whole point, obviously, why EIC. And Lay Radio, for that matter, and I suspect Sagittarius I, you know, they have some accounts. We have an account. The Lay Radio account is open and is available to any of us. Yes, that's right. Uh, so we are technically breaking the EULA too. Ah, uh, nearly everything breaks the EULA. I'm, I'm pretty suspect, sure using yeah. any using any third party website. The, the, the wording of it is any third-party website that gives you an advantage. So that's that's yeah. using EDDB technically could get you banned. Using Coriolis could technically get you banned. Probably using Anara could technically get you banned. It's written no, that's, so that's, we got three strikes already in a moment. But there is written to late radio could get you banned. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the reality is the final arbiter. Or whether it reaches the EU or not, have to do with it is frontier. So yeah, precisely. It's, yeah, it's they're, they're, they're well aware of it. So uh, you know, if this was EU, CTP would just say, "Go cry, you know, go cry somewhere else." They wouldn't bother with it at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how frontier react to this. I suspect that they'll either ignore it or uh, it'll be quietly forgotten about. Um, The point I was wanting to get to was we all have to do it because Elite still doesn't have proper guild systems in in place. Mm. For example, if there was a a guild bank sitting in Shinatra Desra or at Zeance or at your home hub or whatever, and you could dump all your void opals in the middle of Lave Station, sitting in in the vaults there, and then that was there. You had to fly to Lave, you had to 
sign your money, your void opals in and out, and you could actually trade. You could you'd have proper permissions and things like that on them. Yeah, but that would really mess with the BGS, and you'd get people. You know, it would be. Well, you've already, be you've already effectively got that though with people stockpile with EIC stockpiling materials anyway. Yeah, I don't think that's... And I, anyone I can think. stockpile materials, you know. Yeah, you... But the, it, the EIC doing it is just one one clan doing it. If you, everyone had the ability to store commodities and dump them whenever they like, it amplifies the issue, doesn't it? It well, it, it depends on it depends no, on the degree. It's, it depends on the degree. Every, most groups I know have a Type Nine account sat somewhere with a hold full of useful things. Um, yeah. And I bet the, you Shan's got about ten of them. <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, if every guild was allowed, for example, I don't know, six hundred tons of proprietary storage for commodities. The, the the impact on the BGS would be negligible, totally, totally negligible. Like a few, a, a, in a medium-sized system, it would be a few percent per tick, and um, and uh, and it and, and there wouldn't be any benefit to there wouldn't be any benefit tick to tick because it's you know most ships have uh, have larger impact than that. So a, a, a botting account running a quarter of the time could easily negate that down to irrele- irrelevance. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think that there's a. I don't think the reason it's not implemented is a balanced BGS thing. I think it's more that they don't want um, they don't want a uh, direct. They don't want direct tra- um, uh, trading between players because they don't want the you know the monetization and the, the like contract playing and all those all those sort of behaviors that spring up alongside that. Yeah, so whoever's made a good point is, oh, if only we had a fleet carrier that with that cargo you could put stuff in. <laughs> now, there is something, because there is a trade up for fleet carriers. And I guess we will just have to wait and see to what they come out with. Alec Turner, is, he, he says that it, realistically, he expects that all the all these, you know, the, the trading thing and the... Um, the um, uh, the exploration thing. He expects them just to be the station services menu interfaces. So you know the tr- the, tr- the trading fleet carrier will just have a commodities market in it, and the exploration fleet carrier will just have a universal cartographics in it. I really hope he's not correct because that would be such a shame and mm. a wasted opportunity. Well, like I said, we will have to um, when we at the moment we can't really discuss it because they haven't given us enough information we could speculate forever but we always end up going around in circles so what we'll do now is um we'll take a break as we there was no um news from frontier news newsletter or, or even um new skins this week to report on and we'll take a break and then we'll come back with the main topic um okay Right. <clears throat> Give me a second. <laughs> ah. No, no. Okay, we'll take a break in a minute. Yeah, here we go. Oh, oh there you go. It's easy, easy enough. Lost conversation. Oh, we'll, Say things. We'll, we'll go for this one. There Muppets. Discuss things. Muppets. <laughs> you. Okay. Space can be lonely. But sometimes that's just what you want. Choose your holiday, the gas giants of Alioth. Partying the night away in Yorkville on Aquada. Or even 
Go back and find your ancestors on Earth. The Rockforth Corporation makes your holiday special. And will let nothing disturb you. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons. Plus me daughters at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> hey, buddy. Why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. No what you really need is really big gas tank. What? With a really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid star just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, master. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, priapism, and spontaneous stargirl face. Use only as directed. And welcome back. Well, tonight, as the, there is very little uh, in the way of uh, news, uh, we thought we would um, touch on what people think is the best hardware th to have in order to run Elite Dangerous. Um, now, obviously, everybody here has, has a various different settings or different uh, hardware setups and rigs. So, I mean, Ben, um, do you want to kick us off and tell me what... Uh, what? Oh, I can do. I've just, I've just actually, literally 10 minutes ago, the official photo photographs from LaveCon posted. Oh! With a lovely right. photo. I, you're right up there on the top row, Colin. Um, can you send me a link? I have just done that. I, I'm, I, you caught me just as I was doing all that stuff. But I'll take. I'll go into what you were, what you're saying. So it's, it's in the show notes under the community corner. I just I was. All right, cool. Thanks, Cap. The links are in there, so you can get them, and we'll put them up on the website. If you're not on the LaveCon um, Facebook page, we'll get them out with the show notes. And in fact, let me just plop it into the chat, so that if you're on the <laughs> chat, Twitch chat, you can go and have a look. <laughs> God, do I look peed off? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, right, I've got my, my real PC, and I've also got access to a shadow box. Um, now, one thing that I hadn't quite realized, actually, my real PC is, it's a, it was a very good PC a few years ago, but it's getting on, it's a couple of years old now. And it's got a, they're both running Windows 10, 
Uh, so my real PC is running Windows 10 Pro. Shadow runs Windows 10 Home. Uh, but I've got an i7 running at 3.4 gigahertz and 16 gig of RAM. And my shadow box is a Intel Xeon at 2.5 gig and 12 gig of RAM. Uh, the main, the only, the biggest difference is that the shadow box has got a 1080 in it compared to my 970 in my um, in my real box. Um, both of these can run Elite on Ultra, and they they they're, they're absolutely great for running Elite on. Um, I do find my the 970 on my real PC struggles with some of the more modern games that require a few more textures in them than Elite does, and it can lag a little bit at at stations and things like that. Whereas um, anyone who's watching the stream right now, I'm actually streaming from my shadow box, getting 100 frames. Um, And it's looking all very shiny and not doing anything dubious. Whereas when I'm at Lave Station on my real box... I'm getting maybe 40, 30 to 40 frames per second. Uh, that's on Ultra as well, though. Um, and I guess that's just the difference of a, between a 1080 and a 970, I'm guessing. Because everything else, my actual box has got better hardware, yes? I do hope that didn't go out to everybody, Grant. Me too. <laughs> For anyone on stream, Grant just left out, let rip about a 10-second long burp. If it didn't go out on air, on air, you're lucky. If it didn't go out on a podcast, you're very lucky. But anyone else who's actually sitting here with me trying to talk, it was a wee bit distracting. Yeah, you don't want that coming in your ears. I'm so yeah, glad it didn't fart. It. Well, pi- Did you have pickles? Again. No, no, not this time, no. Not this so, time. Ben, what's your net speed? Sorry, Pillbox. I said, what's your internet speed? home and away. Oh, that's actually right. Hang on. Um, right, let me alt-tab, alt-tab, go there. So you guys should actually be able to see this. So this is me at, this is me at home. So my home net speed, I've got a ping of 7 milliseconds, download of 91.76 meg, and an upload of 6 meg. And my shadow box has got a ping of 1, a download of 981 megabits, and an upload of 105 megabits. So that's one of the biggest things that I'm sure Grant will agree with me here. Downloading cloud games, downloading stuff off Steam, for example, is just a case of say you want to play it and you've got it basically by the time you've by the time you've clicked almost. Not quite, but things come down so fast, don't they? Um, yeah. Um, it's. I'm, it, it take, does, you, does yours take a couple of seconds to pull up? So you kind of like go click start, and then you kind of go, "Geez, it's not doing anything." And then you sort of like turn around to go and pick up. I think that's glass, Steam. So you turn that's back Steam, and it's I done. Think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's Steam. That's yeah. Steam. Um, they are constantly working on stuff. Um, I don't know if this is. Be, can, I don't know if this can be seen. Is so Shadow has got a built-in overlay menu system where you can. So you, I'm showing. It's showing all of my physical USB peripherals at the moment, um, so I can. Sh- I'm using my physical T sixteen hundred joystick and hot ass and throttle, basically passing them through as virtual USB devices into my PC sitting over in France somewhere, and then using them in Elite 
and it's perfectly fine. And obviously, I could I could pass through anything else as well. This all sounds really complicated. It's really it's not. It's it's literally. If you can see the stream, it's just you just basically say, "I want to use my I want to use my joystick." Thank you very much. Um, I take it you can't use things like VR headsets on that one. It doesn't support VR yet. They are working on it. That's the yeah. the biggest thing. It doesn't support uh, multi screens. That's the sort of issue for the. That's VR. not. Yeah, mm. that's not the thing they're doing. I think as well. Are they working on VR? Yes, but there's a case of how much can we throw at you, basically. Or how much can you receive? Yeah, yeah. I have yeah, yeah. to I possibly put in a word of caution with regards to that. Um, because the the software of the PC is really good uh, on iPhones mm-hmm. and things like that. If you're using those, it can be tricky. Now they show you this wonderful, um, just sort of like pausing the game on one screen, jumping onto your mobile phone, and continuing your game. And it looks like it is possible, but I think in reality, it is not as smooth as that. You have. I'm gonna almost beg to differ there, Grant. I'm totally sorry. I mean, uh, if, I'll, have you got a shadow uh, box? I've got shadow on my tablet as well. Okay, but you haven't got the box. The sort of logging no. in and out and passing is fine. I find that my uh, connections to shadow take ages to to go through, uh, and I've used the shadow box remotely and struggled to get much work with it. Mm. And then I found that the Xbox. Uh, controller, which passing through your PC is a doddle. I mean, I use a hot ass through the Switch oh, Shadow, that's... and that's not a problem at all. But on the Shadow box itself, the hardware seems to put a barrier that it works, then it cuts off. Then it works, then it cuts off. I've tried different... Um, I've raised a ticket with them, but I haven't quite finished going through that with them. Um, so that caused grief, because I wanted to set up so that Susie could use the Xbox controller playing Minecraft over the shadow box. I mean, obviously I've sung its praises. It's a great way to get an affordable PC, as you know, it really is. And Mm. um, so much, even if you wanted to stream and you've got a crappy internet connection at home, if you can connect to that, you could do your streaming from there and gain the benefit of their amazing internet connection. So there's there's an awful lot of positives. I I can't comment on the shadow box because I don't have one. But my my tablet connected to an Xbox game controller, I can and I do play Grand Theft Auto Five like that. And is that Android? Because it may well be just iOS, yes. the usual, you know. But, yeah, I'm used. So I've got an Android tablet. Uh, got a Samsung Tab S Five E or whatever the hell it is, and connect that on with my my. Um, oh, I've got an Xbox Bluetooth controller. Say. Turn my Bluetooth controller on, turn my Android on, connect onto Shadow, and I've got I've got a Wii keyboard and mouse for it. I've got my game controller, and it's fine. Now, obviously, I don't have. I could, I guess, put in a proper plugged-in big keyboard, and it would be even better. But I've just got a tiny little Bluetooth keyboard, which is good enough. See, I haven't actually got any of this newfangled cloud stuff. Mm. I, I well, mainly because I've. I don't spend a lot of time away from home, and it would probably make me think about it if I did. But I, I've just got to like, like, well, of course, my my main PC, um, which is a seventy-seven hundred K overclocked to five gig with thirty-two gig of memory, ten eighty Ti, with a couple of four K monitors. Um, 
And you don't I, need anything like this. Well, that's right. And to be honest, the Elite, even in VR, runs the smooth as silk on it. I mean, I'm actually maxing out the refresh rate of the monitors. I mean, one's 100 hertz and one's um, 60, but I can max out the, the monitors with the frame rate on, on any setting in Elite. What I am wondering, though, is when they have space legs and things like that, is at what point will you need to upgrade? I mean, I must admit, I was considering a 1080, uh, sorry, 2080 Ti a few weeks back before they all started shooting up in price, but it's kind of got to the point where I think a lot of PC hardware is almost like diminishing returns because to spend 1200 quid on a 2080 Ti with the games I play, it would be purely bragging rights. It wouldn't actually make a lot of difference to the games I play. So I kind of feel my rig is at the, the sweet spot of being able to play everything I want to play at good resolution, at you know, max details with 4K and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I'm kind of like in a in a place where I don't really need to upgrade anything. I don't know what you guys feel like with your home rigs, whether you think they're under spec or... I feel pretty on spec, really. I, I, I don't... Um, I upgraded from a 970 to a 1070 Ti uh, about a year ago, maybe? Um, and um, which is actually like literally the worst time you could have done it. Um, but um, but ho hum, here we are, and I can comfortably play. Uh, I can comfortably play anything that um, anything that I want to. Um, I, I don't voraciously buy games or play them. I generally, um, I've actually only had a couple of. Uh, there's only been three or four PC games that I've been able to really really get into. Um, I bounce off a lot of them, and the ones that I tend to play don't tend to be really really graphically intensive things i think the most graphically intensive game i play is probably um elite and uh my pc runs elite fine um i think it's got an i7 um it was built in january 2018 um and since then the only thing that i've upgraded is um the graphics card which was the 970 from my previous pc onto a 1070 ti um as i said um and um uh, so the PC is pretty. It's 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 by no means bleeding edge, um, but it, it it comfortably handles anything any game that I've played on it. Um, uh, Gone, and, and that is the thing because I've noticed that it's not particularly CPU bound as a game. Neither is it graphically bound. I'd say the as long as your PC can run Elite and Netflix at the same time, I think you you're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so. You know, I'm not really seeing much benefit for going you know, Ryzen or uh, a 9900K, you know, one of the really big multi-core beasts now, because mm. I, I don't think, I mean, Elite would use them, but it's not bottlenecked um, by anything more than a four-core processor, certainly as far as I can see. Yeah, well, I, I, my thinking on PCs is that um, I, I actually don't particularly want to buy another PC, like the Shad Shadow Tech looks fantastic, and the Suvet and I are thinking about um, splitting our time between. She, I, she she likes living in London and wants to live in, and I don't like living in London and don't particularly want to live here. Um, so what we're thinking of doing is rather than upgrading our house, buying having two flats basically and sort of flitting between them a bit in two different places. Um, and um, and as and when that happens, I'll probably get Shadow Tech. Um, and I'm sort of thinking that 
it, it was heartening to hear Ben say that they're working on VR because um, my plan is that actually this is probably, I, I would like this to be the last PC that I own. Um, I'd quite like it if in a couple of years time, all I had was a was a shadow account and a, and a, and a couple of screens. Um, because it, it, it seems, you know, when everything's done over the cloud, it does seem anachronistic that you need all this chunky hardware sat under your desk coming away uh, to do stuff. Um, so I don't actually, um, sorry, go on. Well, it depends on what you want to do with it. I think with VR, uh, VR will throw, you know, will take as much hardware as you want to throw at it, I think. So using VR in cloud gaming is probably a little bit way away simply because the the amount of data that has to go down the pipe at the refresh rate, I think may well be, you know, out of reach at the moment. Well, the, the, none of the none of the commercially available or the, or the realistically priced. Um, I think there is one twelve thousand pound headset that does have it, but, I, but but none of the commercial gaming headsets have uh, foveated rendering, where, whereby the whereby the screens only actually render at top resolution the the bit of it that your pupils are actually focused on at that moment. Um, you know, there's there's no need for screens to render at full resolution any part of the screen that you're not focusing on at that particular moment. So VR, in, it's a myth that VR necess, is necessarily very, very high, very, very high, needs a very high performance PC. There, there, well, it's the, the future of VR is... Between, it's the bandwidth, I was thinking, between the headset and the whatever's generating it, because... To not be jerky, you need to be around 90 frames per second. And, there's an, and the reason why um, VR headsets now are more going towards DisplayPort and high-end HDMI is because anything else doesn't have the bandwidth to pump the image to the headset that quickly. Yeah, well, Matt, yeah, you're right, actually. Matt Winston's just said in the chat, VR is going to be a challenge uh, 20 ms latency with a flat screen is fine whereas the same latency with vr requires the player to have the heart and stomach of a concrete ele elephant if they aren't to vomit so uh so yeah it does come sorry. Down, yeah sorry yeah. it does just come down to the latency um that i feel is the issue with the shadow box and the xbox controller is that the Xbox controller is attached to a machine that's attached via the internet to the computer that's then running the software, which then comes back down the internet to the adapter, which then checks to see if it's connected to the controller. And I strongly think that, you know, the latency is what's causing the Xbox controller and its feedback loop to have that interruption. To then upscale that to VR, when you then have a data rate and a requirement for tracking, um, the latency is going to be deadly, and uh, although the internets are improving, you know, I'm now on a, a Virgin uh, business connection with uh, is it 500 meg down and uh, 30 meg up, um, and even on this, we know you get latency issues uh, with the shadow service every once in a while, so if you're playing the likes of, say, Dead by Daylight... Um, you get the odd night where when you hit that space bar on that check there's nothing you can do that uh, generator is going to blow so I think it's it's definitely the way forward I think uh, everything is you know your skyboxes now are purely a, a, a little device that attaches and downloads all the stuff it needs and feeds it through your house in a way that you think it's you know like the old boxes but it's not but it's all it is all down to the, the latency of that connection. And as internet connections improve, um, maybe 5G, who knows? Yeah, yeah, fair one. 
Well, I mean, it's hoping anyway. Yeah, I mean, the cloud, as far as the cloud computing is concerned, I mean, it's not just the shadow box that's uh, that's up and coming, is it? I mean, you know that you you and uh, Ben both have shadow at the moment. That's £25 a month, isn't it? Yeah, it's around that, that neck of the woods, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also supposed to be what, the, the PlayStation Cloud Game Streaming, NVIDIA Grid, Mort- uh, was it Vortex? Vortex, yeah. Yeah, and of course there's there's maybe the potential from Google Stadia or Stadia, whatever they're they're mm-hmm. calling it this week. Um, so I mean, judging by the the way the PlayStation's handling things at the moment, do you think they'll be able to handle Elite Dangerous? I'm not quite so sure. I don't think there's going to be. You know, they're obviously testing it and realised that. Um, well, because let's face it, what's going to be the number one reason for moving to a cloud-based gaming system where your your PlayStation uh, consoles actually really only the equivalent of a dongle with a flipping internet connection that just authorises your purchases? It's all about the money. That's cheaper for them. Um, to be honest, your technical issues are reduced tenfold because you'll have no heat factors, you'll have that, but it's always going to come down to the internet connections and um, that's going to be the limiting factor for, for years to come. Yeah, um, that is the holding up. That's that's what holds back, you know, when you're looking at Twitch game, why we can't just capture camera feeds and, and, and put the audio out and lip sync. It just isn't going to work because the latency of the network means that it's impossible to sync these things up. And when it comes to your computer hardware, uh, breaks in the sync can be managed, but it will affect quality. And I think, you know, yeah, you're right. Um, if the the new PlayStations and Xboxes uh, are going to go down that route, it could lead to some pretty angry customers. If what happens is always happens on Christmas Day... You know, you you open up your thing, you fire up your PlayStation, you try and connect to PlayStation Network, and you can't. So you can't buy new games, you can't download new new games, and the only thing you can do is spend the 17 hours that it takes to patch the game that you bought that was in the box as it tries to download its update. Um, So, yeah, I think that's going to be concerning for them. If your games are all streaming to your little console... Uh, what about when the Mr. Nasty Pain in the Arse Christmas time hackers decide to DOS it? Yeah, I mean, that is one of the, the problems because that's the, the weak point, isn't it? It's I, I remember when we got the Xbox and uh, for Christmas for this, my son and uh, we couldn't get on. We couldn't activate half the things because of those Christmas hackers and that. Oh, yeah. I mean, what can you do? You're trying to explain to an 11 year old that he's is is he can't play his games because somebody over the other side of the world thought it would be a funny idea. Uh, anyway, uh, on that wonderful note, um, shall shall we move on to the control methods of Elite Dangerous? I mean, I'm I'm using an X52 Hotas. And I think that is the preferred or the way you should play Elite Dangerous. Um, What does everybody else think? I mean, I think I've kind of tried pretty much all the control methods. Um, On one of my accounts, I make sure I try keyboard and mouse, um, which actually is very efficient, um, strangely. So I use keyboard and mouse, and if you have voice attack, 
as well or similar software, it's, it's actually not too bad. It takes a bit of getting used to, but yeah, it's easily manageable. Controller, I tried a controller, but I just don't got on with controllers anyway, so I soon gave that up. As for hotasses, I think I probably tried most of them actually at some point in time. Um, one of my sons has got the Thrustmaster X, you know, the one that's about £35 or was on Amazon. So that's not bad, actually. There aren't that many buttons on it. But again, if you combine that with a voice attack, it's fine. Um, I used a joystick and keyboard when I first started off. And that was OK. It took a bit of getting used to, but, yeah, it was manageable. Uh, X52 Pro was my main joystick. I had two of those. Um, but I always felt as though it was a bit cheap. So I I tried a Warthog out completely with pedals. And to be honest, I didn't get on with the Warthog at all. Um, the pedals didn't seem sensitive enough for me to do the yaw properly. And one of the things that bugged me about the Warthog was the switches were toggles and they didn't spring back. So, for example, to... To do a chaff, then you would have to flick the switch forward and then manually flick it back. Ready to go again? It didn't just ping back. Oh, but uh, only some of the some of the switches are toggles, and some of them are are momentaries. The, the yes, nice, the nice know, not all of them. But I couldn't get I, it, the way I had it set up. It was things. But I'm currently using an X fifty six. You know, the one, the new one with the that Logitech make. Hmm, yeah. Uh, that took that took getting used to, and yeah, I mean, I still prefer, I think, my X fifty two overall. Um, but yeah, yeah so I think the, the 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 toggles, the nice the the thing to do with those is to bind them to things that are um, that are binary, like um, uh, landing gear or cargo scoop. Well, that's what I've done my X fifty six, but on the Warthog, I don't know. I just somehow part of it didn't click with me, and I know you've got a funny waggler um, too. <laughs> so, so I get what it. was it you've got? Oh no, somebody. Um, ben has a question for you in the chat. I was just going to ask, actually, how you find the build quality thing since SciTech got over by Logitech on the X fifty six. Um, haven't. Well, I've only had it six months, so I haven't really slaughtered it as much as I did my X fifty twos. On my X fifty twos, though, they still kind of work, but there's a strange ghosting issue on them, and it doesn't matter what USB port I plug them in or even what PC I plug them in. Okay. There's, still a go- there's still a ghosting issue that suddenly came, even though when I look at the um, the control inputs and stuff like that, I don't know. I, I just couldn't. They were working fine one day, and they didn't work the next, so the I next. decided... So I decided to try the X56, and yeah, it's fine. I mean, people do say the there's a iffy build quality and stuff on them, but I haven't noticed anything on it yet, to be honest. Yeah, it was always my concern about going in and getting a SciTech device, because the X52s and the X52 Pros looked like lovely joysticks, and as you say, the Elite... The elite, uh, the joystick in the cockpit is modelled after it, but the build quality always made me just like take a step back. Uh, but I trust Logitech and their build quality. So, yeah, if I had 
have a criticism of the X56, and it's just purely my key mapping. With the 52, I don't know if you, you do it as well, Colin, mm-hmm. but the two small buttons on the uh, slot on the joystick itself, and I use them for thrust forward and thrust back to be granular control. So I can inch forward and inch back using those. Which two buttons do you mean? On the on the throttle, the X fifty two. Oh, sorry, on the joystick yeah. of the X fifty two Pro. There's two buttons, yeah. isn't there, at the top? I use those as thrust forward and thrust back, and I would drive with those, and I would oh, right. use them as fine throttle control because they would right next to them. On the X fifty six, there isn't really an easy to use equivalent. That feels right to me, so I'm still trying to get used to that. Again, personal preference and blah, 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 but that's the only thing I miss from my 52. No, those particular buttons, those are my, that's my chaff and uh, my chaff and heat sink buttons, to be honest, because uh, I find myself having used them quicker than I, than fine motor control. Um, but when it comes to uh, joystick control systems, uh, at the risk of sounding Finbar Saunders, I think the the person that we need to talk to about the most expensive setup <laughs> is the, is it the Viper setup you've got? Verpil. Verpil. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've had a bit of an odyssey with um, uh, with uh, hot asses. I think, I, as like Shan, I think I've tried most of them now. So the one I use is the, the I use Verpil kit, and they don't sell a single hot ass. They sell the bits separately. So I use a, um, a Verpil Constellation Delta grip, um, the grip being the thing in your hand. Um, the... Uh, um, they call it the Mongoose T50 base, um, which is the bit that the grip plugs into. Um, and then the throttle unit is, uh, I think it's just called the Mongoose T50 throttle unit. Um, and I bought them about a year ago. Uh, and they are, yeah, they're, they're superlative. They're, they're by far the best. The build quality. Um, so so I guess a bit of context. Um, I first of all, um, I got into Elite with four friends uh, in in the beta period and we all bought um SciTech kit i got an x52 pro um as did one of my mates and all of us uh all of our SciTech kit uh broke within six months mine mine lasted the longest only one only one led uh stopped working on mine um and by and towards and towards after about a year and a half mine was um still broadly working okay just some of the uh, one or a couple of the leds had, had stopped working um and uh, so everybody was upgrading and i think I, I sort of upgraded as much to stay up because uh, i was jealous of my mates doing it as 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 ne- as because i needed to um and um so everybody else uh, tried different things we they tried different uh Cytex. they were all crap they all broke instantly um you know within a couple of months um and um and obviously you've got to send it back and then you were without a, and, and and then you're without a, a hothouse for a couple of months while they bugger about fixing it um, and in the end, we all bit the bullet and bought, um, well, three of us ended up buying Warthogs. Um, and then for about a year and a half, I used Warthog, which was, um, the Warthog is a brilliant, brilliant setup. It feels amazing. Um, at the point of use where your hands touch it, it's all metal. It, it feels like you're using something that's made out of girders. If you open it up, it's all plastic. Um, the Warthog is nowhere near as robust and as, and as high build quality as people think it is. Um, yeah, what I found, sorry, too, what I found about the Warhog, and I don't know if you, you found this, but 
it felt like I was flying the spaceship in an atmosphere rather than it rather than how I imagined flying a spaceship would be, in that the weight of it felt almost as I was pushing against air resistance when I was flying it, which if you're a flight sim, which is what the Warthog is designed for, is absolutely perfect because you want to feel yeah. you're, in a, you're in an atmosphere. But if I in my mind anyway, the space flying a spaceship should not feel as I'm flying in an atmosphere. Yeah, the Warthog's not built for space sims, um, and it does have quite a it has quite a stiff resistance curve. So the further the, the further towards the edge of with the joystick, the, the further to the edge you get, the stiffer the resistance is, which which is how they would which is how an aircraft would behave in an atmosphere. But for you want to you want a flatter resistance curve for space flight. Um, Maybe and, we should like buy we should buy when atmospheric landings come. We should quickly change <laughs> Warthog and quickly change them back. But sorry, you're on your on your your waggler. My uh, my Odyssey, yeah. Uh, so so I used the the Warthog for uh, about eighteen months or two years, and it was brilliant. And the most transformative thing, by the way, if anybody's if anybody's got an entry level hot ass and they're thinking about grading, the single most transformative thing I did. With regard to all of the ED peripherals, and this is you know eye tracking, head tracking, VR, hot ass, keyboard and mouse controller, monitors, all that gubbins. The single most transformative thing you can possibly do for me, at least, was buying uh, desk mounts. So they came from Monster Tech, um, and you can get them from different. Uh, there's a couple of different places that do them now, and they they clamped to your desk um, or your chair. I got the desk ones, and they um, and they put the hot ass so that it's around the same place in relation to you that they appear in the game so the throttle on your on your left side sort of near your thighs and the, the joystick on your on your right side at about the same about the same level um that is the single most important thing for comfort and realism that you can possibly do uh, far more than what hot you use um, but anyway so I, I i got those shortly after the the warthog and then i played perfectly happily for a couple of years like that and the warthog was was fine um it's really really good the one thing about it the um the ball the, the the joystick is a sort of ball and socket thing um and the actual ball itself has quite a pronounced seam where the where the two halves of it have, have been molded together and that seam can be aggravated over time and um and so, it ended up are you saying your ball has a seam there <laughs> Such a are you really saying that uh, phrasing um, Ball. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that that can be that can get quite annoying because um, you feel the resistance every time you every time you you push the stick. Um, and um, and also, I never really got over the fact that it doesn't have a twist axis on it because um, the Warthog has a little has a thumbstick, um, and I use that for yaw, uh, which is really imperfect. So I ended up um, and then about a year ago, as I said, I upgraded to the Verpil kit and I got the uh, yeah the, the throttle. Um, the, the the one grip they did for space sims, which is called the Constellation Delta, which looks like it was built for a giant. It's a huge thing, um, and um, and this really really excellent base called um, Mongoose T50, which is um, you can you can adjust what they call cams, which are the the little metal bits that the um, oh, I describe. I'm not very mechanical, but you, you can adjust the you can swap out bits of the base to um, quite easily to determine what the resistance curve is like on the stick so i've put in ones that are for flight sims and they um and and it means that you don't get that really heavy pushback at the end of the extension um so yeah it, it's it's completely brilliant it's, it's totally excellent and the thing about verpal is that it's kind of the opposite to the warthog whereas the warthog feels all metal and and robust 
where you touch it, but actually inside is all plastic. The the Verpel is is kind of the opposite. The 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 stick itself doesn't feel as nice as the Warthog stick, but in open it up and it is just all big bits of metal. Um, it's the build quality is absolutely as like really excellent, totally totally brilliant. Um, but actually, the what I'm going to do is um, Verpel have just and um, they, they've recently announced that they're going to start producing a range of three different um, pedals um, and the the entry level about 150 quid and they are literally just one axis um and they look really they look about perfect so because i don't love the constellation delta stick because it's huge um and uh, and the problem with a big a big a big um grip on the joystick it's not just um it's not just that it's uh uncomfortable it's also that you have to you have to move your hand around to get to all the different buttons which is ergonomically really not ideal um especially if you're in the middle of a dogfight or something. You know, the, the, the nice thing about the Warthog is, um, build quality aside, it's modelled precisely after something that's that's tried and tested by the military. So it's um, the ergonomics of the Warthog grip are are unmatched. There is no joystick out there that has ergonomics as good as the as the Thrustmaster Warthog. Um, so what am so, I going to do? Okay, yeah, Shan, can you jump in there? <laughs> just no. turning into a Verpool Sorry. sponsors. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to ask about um, pedals. Who's yeah. actually played with pedals? So I, I tried it on the Warthog I got, and I think it was the Thrustmaster pedals I got. And I kind of got used to doing ship yaw with them. But what I tried to do is I tried to use them uh, to drive my SRV. <laughs> uh, and it, it, I don't know, it just didn't seem precise enough for me for the SRV or even yours. I didn't really get on with pedals, even though I spent many hours trying to get them to work. So I'm just wondering what other people's experiences were with pedals. Never used them. I'm out of this conversation. <laughs> Haven't tried them yet. Well, I've, I've, mucked, I've mucked about them with them for five minutes on a on a mate's account, um, but it was like you know you can't you have you have to persist for like a, a week or so before you can get a good feeling for it. I guess. Ben, have you tried pedals or anything? No, I've not tried pedals. You, uh, you, you will have to excuse Ben because of everybody discussing how they can hold a, a tight grip on their joystick uh, and, and uh, various thrust mastering actions. Um, he's he's gone into a kind of canatonic state, really. So, honestly, I'm just broken about uh, Suv complaining that it's hard to get a hold of his big stick because it's a bit painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Finbar Saunders <laughs> would. Um, yes, I. Yes, I, I am a, a sort of subscribed user and lover of the Thrustmaster Warthog, and have been uh, the metal feel also the sort of. Uh, well, I've not actually replaced it since Alpha, so it's been awesome. One switch has been broken since the day I got it. But it's right in a really awkward place. I wouldn't use it anyway. Um, and I, I love the Warhog. And the lack of yaw was told to me that that's you know you got you must get for gear of pedals. And so I went and I picked up these um, bog standard um, combat pedals. And they have both pedals you can press on a, their own axis. So it's like an accelerator and brake. So it's handy for the SRV. And then you would do the swivel for your uh, yaw left and right. And I never used it. I just never use it. Um, I've just developed 
do you, well, you've seen me fly, so you know fly well. It's not a big thing, but steering is not a big concern. I like the Type 9 because steering's not really uh, required. It's just an optional extra. What you kind of hope is that the station moves and you can kind of line up that way. Um, but the pedals were, you know, they were intuitive. They definitely... Uh, add to the experience that kind of and especially if you then put into yourself into VR then you you really kind of disappear into this very fine control that you have over your ship which is quite cool um, but to me it was just a bit I found that the reliability of the pedals I've got so <laughs> what I would find is sometimes they showed and looked like they were on but they'd dropped out of the connection the computer could no longer see them so when you then launch delete you'd have you know the wrong control would load up so you then have to unplug the pedals plug them back in relaunch elite and then it was fine and then frankly i just got to the hassle of i'm going to remap it without them and just put them in the corner because i just don't use them but they are they were, they were fun yeah well mark winston has actually put a an uh a point up which I, I didn't even consider and um, he says that the problem with pedals in a real plane the pedals have about six inches plus of movement from stop to stop computer pedals only have about one and a half inches uh, and I said Mac <laughs> you did you said Mark well it's Mac so <laughs> shush um, but the computer pedals only have 1.5 inches which means that it's impossible to be even vaguely precise with them as opposed to my pronunciation well <laughs> i mean you, you you okay so one of the things i like about the warthog is the stiffness and <laughs> 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 oh god right is the the firmness of the grip no it's the it's the virginity oh god <laughs> jesus this is just not good yes. anywhere. Anywhere good, but right. The point. The point being is that you can adjust the uh, resistance. There we go. Resistance of the foot pedals, which means that you have got the degree of the spring back being easier to control for those miniature uh, movements. So you know you do have to adjust your dead zone um, because it has a tendency. Those pedals have a tendency to cause your ship to drift which is a pain, uh, and if you adjust your uh, dead zone and optimise the game and then, you know, reduce the kind of level of movement in it, then increase the sensitivity, you find yourself, you'll find that sweet spot where it really does feel that you have got that minute control that you'd want. Um, but equally, I can just turn the stick sideways and then pull back. So, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, pedals are cool, um, but actually all the faff, um, I just don't use them. But they're good. Well, I, I, I think I'll have to bring this conversation to an end and we'll move on to something else, because it does seem that the chat room seem to be overcompensating at the moment <laughs> for something. I have no idea what. So, <laughs> Children, a lot of you, honestly. Well, see, the, the Warhogs, is, it doesn't have the twist. You can't twist the shaft. Um, yeah. so, so, if, so if Thrustmaster allowed you to twist their shaft, would be fine. I can twist my sh Thrustmaster, and I do frequently. Yeah, I'd give it a try, I reckon. 
Well, the, the other thing is, because I know that the, I've seen the, the system you have, um, Suv, which looks amazing, and I have considered it, but the Warthog, uh, if it breaks down on me, then I definitely would uh, look at that. It's the degree of adapters you've got available for those those sticks as well. So if it's not... <laughs> Jesus, if it's not long enough, you can get a sort of shaft <laughs> extension. But you can also, I, I, you can also I get. I do the, have the, a shaft <laughs> extension. I've got a ten centimeter. Is it a Swedish one? I've, I've got a, a black ten centimeter yeah, shaft extension. It's not the size that matters, is it? It's, how it oh, it's also the girth. Yes, <laughs> but you see, it's it's what's nice about it is if you have got your your own at home cockpit. You can find the solution for where you would like that stick to be. So if you, yeah, <laughs> right, uh, uh, just you bear can, with you, me. You we'll can, get through this. If you wanted it you between your legs, you it, like a helicopter, then you could fit it on the ground in your cockpit behind there and and use the helicopter sort of um, extension. I don't know how that would feel for the kind of how that would feel as a joystick because that's quite a a degree of movement you'd be adding to that but unless it's adapted I've not got one of those because um, I can get that for the Warthog as well the adapters to kind of centre mount it um, and use it like a flight stick in a small plane or whatever um, Can you get that for the Warthog? Uh, yeah well, they've got, You can have it, on the, have it on the floor and then play with it like from yeah, they've got they've got so many different adapters and stuff for it um, because of the nature That's of their awesome. their kind of modular thinking, so that you because you can mix yeah. and match and stuff. I'm actually going to go back to um, the warthog grip with pedals because um, the what I, I just I think the warthog grip's the best. Can you put the warthog onto a verpal? Yeah. They, they, yeah, that's the other thing. They've, they've, all, they've built all the Verpal stuff so that it's interchangeable with Warthog stuff. Oh, that's actually, awesome! And actually, when you um, when you download the Verpal software, one of the presets that it, one of the presets it comes with, because because it's all modular, it's got presets for all the different uh, joysticks they sell, um, and and it also has presets for uh, the Thrustmaster Warthog as well. Well, moving on from. Uh joysticks for the moment we do have alternative methods of control which uh, help enhance the elite dangerous playing experience now these are effectively head trackers uh, uh, so I mean we do have several that we can we can discuss I mean there's the uh, there's the eye tracking software um, we also have um, ED tracker and a good old track IR now um, Grant I know that you've used track IR Yes. Yeah. Um, I've got ED Tracker. Um, has anybody got the eye tracking software? I have. I've got the eye tracker. Yeah, I have tried the eye tracking software. Uh, from uh, what I've learned is that if you have VR, all all the different bits of programming that you can have, it complicates the interaction with Elite horrendously, and I never managed to get the sort of um, what's it called the software again for it? Is it no no IR tracking? Tracker, uh, mm -hmm. Toby or Toby is the Toby IX. Oh, oh, the I sorry, the eye tracker as opposed to the software that uses your webcam. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, what I've got is called the Toby T O B double I, and yes. so it, it tracks your. Yeah. You, you can't Toby. use it with VR. It just it just tracks your eye movements and head movements. The Toby I, yeah, I've got one of those as well. Uh, my eyes are too fat for it. <laughs> 
Your is eyes that are from too fat. I've moving your thrustmaster too much. No, no, no yeah, I've got <laughs> oh, blind. Gripping his stick too tightly. It's it's oh, because my I've got uh, my, oh, my family. I've got these heavy. So you know, you know, if you've got like um, my eyes are quite fat narrow. Eyes. It's fat eyes. It's the sack. You know, the sort of uh, your bottom eyelids. My uh, my eyes are quite heavy. So if I am playing the game and I'm looking at the screen. If the Toby eye tracker could sit in the middle of the screen, then it would catch my eyes at the most open. But it either goes on top or below. If it goes on top, then all it's doing is catching the top of my eyelid, so it loses my pupils and therefore doesn't work. And if I put it down below, it's much a similar situation. You can actually see it. So I can see the uh, pupil indicator, the little icons that you can get when you do the setup calibration bit, and I can see them getting mm-hmm. smaller and smaller <laughs> depending <laughs> on where I'm looking. So it's not suitable for me, but the Track IR was spectacularly good. Uh, no hassles at any point whatsoever at all. I set it up, I opened the leak, and it worked. And then I tried mm-hmm. the No IR tracking face tracker software. That was what it is, no IR face tracker, which uses your web cameras and allows you yeah. to run a virtual track IR system. But because I had track IR, I never got it to work. Um, mm. So I think just having all the different software on my machine made that not work. I should go back and try it again because it's the one piece of kit that I gave away that I really miss is the track IR. Mm. Well, you see, I got the I've got the ED tracker, which is obviously a, a cheaper version, and it's a it's actually a fan made uh, piece of kit, uh, and and it it works surprisingly well to track IR. And it, the reason that um, I was feeling so badly at dealing with the Thargoid Scouts is because I forgot to use it. And once I've got the sure. track IR, yes, once once I've got the ED tracker up and running again. Then um, basically, my kill count with the the Thargoid Scouts went up phenomenally. So, have you tried it with a dual monitor setup, and does it completely mess it up? Because the way I play usually is I'm, you know, I have a Netflix or something on one screen, and I'm playing the <laughs> game on the other. And then if I glance across to look at the Netflix, then it would well, be yeah, that's that is going to screw you up. I don't think it is. No, um, it's not. No, it's not because the. The, the whole thing about the track IR is when you look back at your main screen, it's going to register where you're looking. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, so you can look away. It's not a problem. Um, if you were watching the screen as you looked away, then you might get a problem because, you, you know, it will jar to the right. Because the whole thing is, because uh, also you think is, what if I get a wider screen? What if I spread it over multiple screens? None of that matters. It's the way the software calibrates the narrow movements of your head means that essentially if you calibrate it to the degree that you want, you could look uh, one centimetre, move your chin one centimetre to the right, and you could be looking behind you in the cockpit. You can calibrate yeah. it that extreme. So, so it's easy peasy. So I'm just trying to think of uses for it for me. So could you use it? To control the cursor in the FFS scanner. So basically, instead of all the boring moving around you get for the FFS scanner, you can just sort of look and it would just move these. I don't know about that. I'm not sure. sure I'm not sure that Elite supports that kind of access movement on that map. Because if you think about it, what it really is emulating is your mouse. Uh, and if you think about when you're using that view in the FSS scanner, you're kind of left and right, and it's the track IR is specially recognised in Elite. 
forehead tracking. Um, oh, right, okay. So it's not like the ED tracker, uh, the head tracker, is a controller that you can configure to do head tracking and you set up Elite to recognize those axes. So you could definitely use that as a controller, whereas the Track IR has no actual output uh, key binding or equivalent that you could then put in as the controls. So it's not like, you know, for example, if you were trying to configure Elite, you'd go in and you say, right, I want to set the look left to be my Track IR look left. At no point are you able to press the key look left on your track IR, it doesn't yeah. exist. It's a, it's like an analog uh, feedback that it just takes, um, which is where I think that problem kind of comes from. But it is one of the most uh, I couldn't understand it because I, I, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, but if I'm going to look over here, but so quickly you get to the minute movements of your head, and you are. Oh, it just adds so much to the game. It is definitely worth it. And the Ed Tracker as well. Bit of setup, a little bit cheaper, a cheaper option by far. Um, but holy crap, does it open up your game if you're not wanting to go to VR or you've got issues with VR? Um, it creates that oh, immersion that it, it is just, just so good. It, it just gives you that, um, it, it helps you build up situational awareness. Well, uh, see, because yeah. you're able to look you know, the, so the biggest, the biggest bonus to it, and if you're not sold on it yet, right? You're flying your ship. What do you do to bring up your contacts? You press what one, then maybe you press three or four for your um, other side windows. Then use your keys to go amongst it. Imagine just mm -hmm. looking slightly to your left, and that screen pops up by itself. You look over to the yeah. right. If you're VR familiar, then you know this very well. But with Track IR, it is as simple as that as well, and it is—it's—it's it's amazingly game-changing. It just—it's just so quick to quickly look, mm -hmm. and then gives you real control, which is awesome. You see, yeah, that's about um, just jumping quickly before we move on. Um, something to mention about uh, eye tracking and head tracking. I've had—I've—I've I've got an eye tracker, and I, I do have the Ed Tracker, um, the ED Tracker. Head tracking is way, way better than eye tracking. Eye tracking in Elite isn't isn't very well, isn't supported properly. Um, it, it like it, it potentially could be, but Elite's not really built for it. If you're if you're thinking about going with one or the other, go with head tracking rather than eye tracking. Definitely. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I think I think we were going to cover VR as well, but we've we've managed to uh, we've managed to run out of time on this subject, so we'll have to come back to VR. Uh, at another point, um, but I think we've, we've actually got quite a, a little bit to, to cover here with the community corner because uh, I think because it's gone quiet on the uh, on the news front, the the community seems to have stepped up quite a bit. Um, the first thing to say is that there is uh, you've probably all seen this, but the, this, who else has seen the Lego Cobra, which is in the right skill to work with Lego figures? Please tell me I'm not the only one to have seen this. I think you've imagined it, mate. Well, it was posted I, I by... I've seen it, Colin. Uh, it's just a VR thing. It's, not, it's a virtual thing, not a real thing, because the real thing would be about five foot wide or something ridiculous. Yeah, and it would need six, 16,000 Lego bricks and also cost approximately $4,000. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely huge, but the the fact that someone's managed to be able to design that is is an achievement. It was posted by um, 
beef1213 on uh, on the Reddit not so long back, uh, about six days ago. So you've just got to <laughs> take your hats off to him. Um, yes, the other... Uh, the other thing that I, I would like to point out is that there, someone has managed to beat me to the punch and managed to print off every single ship uh, in Elite Dangerous to scale um, using his own 3D printer. Uh, so, I mean, that's it, it, it's phenomenal. Um, so, Khan Industries which is quite ironic considering he's got a picture of the Enterprise there, uh, has managed to to um, use his printer to print out every single ship. And I so want to steal them. And he's painted them excellently as well. So we'll, we'll include links to both of these uh, items on Reddit uh, on the um, on. And the show notes. Uh, the other thing is, obviously, if you were at LaveCon 2019, um, you can now see pictures at uh, https galleryoliverfacyuk slash LaveCon 2019. Again, we'll put the link in the, in the show notes. Um, <laughs> uh, you can see everybody that turned up to the uh, <laughs> to LaveCon, including... Um, a purple-haired Ben, which even now is giving me the, sh- the shivers. Is Ben still recovering? Uh, I, th- I think so. I mean, he looks in shock with most of those photos. Um, ben, do you want to talk about this pilot's poem? Uh, not really. I'm doing the show now. <laughs> right. If I'm being so, honest. <laughs> we've actually had a lot of feedback. Um, I'm just looking at the community stuff. We've actually got tons and tons to get through. Would it be, um, and it's already half past ten. Um, yes. Would it well, be? Well, what I was going to say, I was just going to mention Commander Wet Spedler and then begin to wind up, to be honest. And I will have to apologise to Commander Ryan P. Bodfist that for this fantastic amount of feedback that he gave back on the grind. But obviously, we've run out of time tonight, so we'll have to move that to next week. Yeah, makes sense. So, well, if oh, we hadn't spent half the time. About innuendo and wagglers and stuff, we would have my time for it. Well, um, just quickly, uh, we are oh, good grief. Uh, this is a message from Commander Wet Stapler. Does he have a good joystick? <laughs> oh, please don't. Just please don't. Uh, who runs the Elite Musicians Group? Um, they're a bunch of space bards, allegedly, uh, and they're starting a big pro- uh, project to make a large album music all about Elite Dangerous. Um, they would uh, like some uh, support. If you want, go to HTTPS uh, Discord GG at uh, UAXQBKZ, uh, and there you will find the uh, Elite the elite musicians uh, mu- ah, musicians group. It's getting late. I'm getting tired. So that's from uh, Commander Wet Stapler, aka Marilyn Bomber. But on that um, point, Colin, can we please geez. arrange to have created out there the elite magicians group? Because I think that would be the awesome. Magicians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the elite magicians group. Oh, God, I feel like Craig Ferguson. He used to, he used to get magician and, and musician mixed up as well. 
Um, right, we do have um, some points uh, also on the fleet, the question we asked about fleet uh, carriers. Again, we'll have to bring that up next week. So I do apologize to Commander Aid Munson, uh, uh, who was was kind enough to, to reply on that. Um, so, uh, unless anybody's got any, uh, any other business? Nope. Nope. Well, in that case, we'll give a shout out to our sister station at Hutton Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at uh, half past eight. And you can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio at radio.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, um, I've had about five or six requests while the, the show's been on, so they're still quite active. Uh, and thanks to all those who have t- uh, basically twiddled their chipped, sticks. Yes, in the Twitch chat. And 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 basically made Ben have an absolute fit, um, but apart from that, uh, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us on at laveradio. Uh, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which, chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, if you have any questions or ideas or community questions you'd like to, us to discuss, then please uh, don't hesitate to uh, to get in contact. Um, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out at laveradio.com. Uh, and after this, we have the latest Galnet news from Commander Witherspoon. So, uh, I'd just like to thank Grant, I'd like to thank Ben, I'd like to thank Commander Sovereign and Commander Shan, and thanks to everybody uh, who has joined us today. But until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 10th of September 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Alliance stops celebrating culture. New medical facility opens. The week in review. The Alliance stops celebrating culture. The final stop on the seven-week Alliance Festival of Culture, a celebration of food and drink on the famous Birmingham World in Deso, brought the event to an end this week. Something of an anticlimax, this last event featured rare delicacies, including the local mar corn, ethgreasy tea buds and Listian evil juice, with the main attraction being a Lavian brandy cocktail bar. The festival experienced significant difficulties sourcing sufficient quantities of the ingredients, but this was clearly not enough of a problem to require independent pilots to get involved. Prime Minister Mahan brought the festival to a close by thanking everyone involved. He said that the Alliance is rightly famous for its culture and that artists in all fields are welcome to come to live and work within the Alliance. New medical facility opens. The Alliance can boast the most up-to-date off-world hospital in the galaxy thanks to many commanders who contributed their time to provide materials for its construction. Sword's Rest Medical Facility has been towed into orbit around Hiker 1 and offers treatment for those injured while fighting Thargoids as well as the cure for plagues for which the system is rightly famous. Professor Macklin Fox thanked all those who took part and said he was sure that the medical facility would be popular amongst its clients. The Week in Review This week in the galaxy, a new hospital has been built and an alliance festival has concluded. The Thargoids have not attacked and there are no new community goals. The publisher of Galnet has pledged that it will no longer cover galactic stories unless they have a direct impact on commanders. There are no such stories this week. Commanders are invited to make their own fun. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news, so you don't have to. <laughs>